entertainment, inspiration, and building community. This is the soundtrack of Savannah. This is your Savannah Philharmonic. Welcome to the Soundtrack of Savannah, a podcast from the Savannah Philharmonic. I'm Dee Daniels, and I can't wait to introduce you to our next guest, the extremely talented chorus master for the Sav Phil, Dr. Paul Thornock. Paul is also the director of music and organist at the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist in Savannah, and somehow finds time to be an organ consultant on many restoration projects. So you're basically like a uh, musical genius version of Batman. When when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> You're very kind to say that. I like I like to be busy. It it uh, keeps the well. I like having my finger in a lot of different projects. It's each one of those projects sort of informs the other. Yeah, it's it's interesting looking at your background, and I want to get into that and talk about it. But I want to also talk about the first time that I saw you play uh, recently, and it was the season finale. Uh, 14th season finale for the Savannah Philharmonic, and it was at the Lucas Theater. And you were playing the just restored, newly restored Wurlitzer pipe organ. And it was unbelievable. It was absolutely amazing. How was that on your end? Because I was just sort of in awe. You were in my direct uh, eyesight, eye line, <laughs> and I was just like watching you. And it was just unbelievable. Uh, it was pretty intense, actually. The, uh, the Sassau organ part everybody thinks it's just one of those easy little organ parts that has a few cores and isn't that cute. It was, it was actually a bit of a stretch for me because the Wurlitzer is not like a normal organ. So I had to spend a lot of time uh, in the hall with the organ, trying to make a theater organ sound like a concert organ. Right. So that was, that was an interesting part. Um, also, I don't do a lot of playing with the orchestra. Uh, and the Saint-Saëns is a pretty complicated piece when you get down to it. So the way the organ part uh, interjects in these funny little rhythmic spots, um, I ended up uh, having to study the piece pretty hard to make sure all those little entrances were, were great. The timing with the orchestra, the balances uh, between the organ and the orchestra, you know, all those things have to be taken into consideration. And of course, then you have other people out in the hall during the rehearsals who are listening to the balances and everyone has an opinion and you have to take all those opinions into account and make all the adjustments. And no, it was, it ended up being a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it looked fun. It also looked like it could be super stressful, but this is something that you are very good at and well-trained in. Um, and I know it was, it was newly restored there and it was quite a big deal to have that uh, once again, be a part of the Lucas theater, you know, given the history and, how did you get into loving the organ? I mean, was it like the rest of us? Did you fall in love with it at church? Because I kind of fell in love with it at church. You're yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, it just happened that one of the great organ builders in the world uh, built an organ in the church where my family went. And I was five. And I can remember uh, hearing that organ the first time when it was new. And I was actually standing on the pew next to my grandfather singing a hymn. This organ is roaring along. And I was captivated from, from that moment. Of course, you know, I took piano lessons as a, as a kid. And then by the time I got to middle school, started taking some organ lessons, got very serious about it in high school. And I didn't intend for it to be my primary instrument in college, but it ended up being that and uh, choral singing and choral conducting. And... I actually thought I would end up being a school teacher 
uh, when all of that was over. But that also didn't end up being the plan. Right. I, I went off to grad school as an organ performance major. Um, but, you know, if you go to the right places, organ performance ends up really being a church music degree. So you get a lot of background in choral conducting and studying voice and doing all those things. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and I ended up in a cathedral position and here we are. Yeah, here we are, no doubt. And we're very lucky to have you. Um, you know, I always think it's very interesting, uh, everyone's story of, of getting to Savannah. What does yours look like? Well, after grad school, so I'm actually from the Seattle area. So after grad school, um, I was in the Midwest and I was in Columbus, Ohio at the cathedral there for 16 years. And then the cathedral position in Seattle opened and I was there for almost three years. And it, the old saying of you can't go home is true. Uh, it, it was not an ideal match for me to go back to Seattle. And I was actually teaching organ at my alma mater on top of my job at the cathedral. Um, so it was very interesting to be back teaching undergraduates in the place where I had been an undergraduate. So you did become a teacher actually. I did. Yeah. <laughs> for a while. And it was, it was very interesting. Um, and then, uh, when the Savannah position was open, we had actually been here on vacation, maybe 10 years earlier with some friends who have lived here a long time. And of course we loved it then. And, um, it seemed natural to say, you know, maybe we should look at this cathedral job in Savannah. The building is spectacular. And, you know, I knew there were already great musicians in town. So, um, yeah, that's how we, we ended up here. And I don't think we'll ever leave. Right. Right. Yeah. It sucks you in. Yeah. It's amazing. It really does. I mean, the landscape, the people, you know, the community, I mean, it's pretty electric. And I feel like as a, as a community, when you look at it, from most of us coming from somewhere else and you look at it and you just see the growth constantly yeah. every year. I mean, in all the categories, you know, in the arts and, you know, in business and all the categories you see it. There's a real appetite here to do things well. Uh, even if that takes a while, there's also a certain patience for developing the ability to do things well. That's exciting. And that doesn't exist everywhere else. There are places, and I speak from experience, um, where they already think things are going well. Mm -hmm. We're not going to mess with that. Um, and that's not the case here. There, uh, there are people everywhere you turn who are interested in doing things at a really high level and are actually interested in hearing the opinion of somebody uh, with a fresh set of eyes and ears in this case, um, to, to do things at a high level. Yeah. And I feel the same way. I mean, you know, being in other markets and then coming here, it's just like, wow, this is the, it's very welcoming of the gifts and talents that people bring to it. It's a very welcoming place. And so it, you know, I feel like once we get in and we all share our passions and our talents, the community's like, yes, more of that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful. So being a part of uh, of the chorus and being a part in, in so many ways of of leading people, do you have a, a favorite hat that you wear of all your hats? You know, I love rehearsal. And I have to say that uh, that probably isn't the case with most people. Right. Um, you know, when I was in school, I had a conducting teacher who used to say, oh, it's all about the journey. And I remember being a student thinking, what a crock. 
I mean, what could, who cares about the journey? I'm about the destination. And now that I've been doing this a long time, uh, it's the rehearsal process. It's the getting the gang of people from, are you crazy? We can't possibly do this to the performance where, oh my gosh, we just did that. Um, and we did it really well. And developing all of those musical skills along the way. That's interesting to me. So in some ways, the course master job, um, uh, some people wouldn't like it because you do all the work and then you hand your, your choir off to somebody else to actually conduct them for the concert. And that's fine with me because the concert isn't for me the most exciting part. Like I've done my part. I got the choir ready. They're ready to go. I hand them off to somebody else who can, um, as I say, uh, the sprinkle of fairy dust, right. right? Sort of add the, add the, the dressing at the end and then off goes, the, off goes the salad. Uh, but they, uh, for me, that's, that's the most important part. I'm, I'm not so interested in, uh, getting dressed up and having to go out and bow at the right time and shake the hand of the cosmic master and turn around and conduct the course. That's, that part isn't, isn't what's fun for me. It's, it's getting the, the, the product ready to go. Right. I could see that. Although I could also see the other side. It's sort of like, you know, coaching a team, you know, it's like, I've got them ready, got them ready. And then you, you don't coach them for the actual championship game. You just turn them loose. <laughs> right. right. And, I, kind of crazy. and I do, I do tell my choirs, um, before concerts, just go out there and trust your training. You know, this, you know what to do. Now go do it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like, I like that part of, of the work I do both at the cathedral, although at the cathedral, I do have to conduct every concert, but at the Philharmonic, um, I, I just prep them and then send them on their way. This season, I am conducting a couple of concerts in the season with the Philharmonic, which will be fun. Uh, but the, um, you know, playing the organ is wonderful, but for the most part, that's something um, you know, and I practice the organ every single day, but that's just me all alone, uh, you know, with a timer basically, because I have, I have so many other things that have to be done, desk work and score prep and, um, you know, picking up my daughter from school, Adulting, <laughs> doing, <yes. laughs> right, doing, doing all these other things that have to be done. Um, so, you know, I have a very limited amount of personal practice time. Right. Um, and, and frankly, now that I live in Savannah, getting on an airplane and going somewhere else to play an organ recital isn't my favorite. Thing right. To do. Right. Of course. Yeah. I could see that. It, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting watching all of the pieces come together with the Philharmonic. And I think, um, you know, you get to see the in, ins and outs of that all the time and every day with the community chorus, I, I think it is so phenomenal that the community can be a part of that and, and try out for it. And it's, it's available to everyone. It's, it's there. It's not like, you know, you, you have to have gone to school X, Y, Z amount of time or this place or have this degree to come and be a part of the chorus. This, this is an, an open chorus to the community, but you do try out. What does that look like? Well, the ideal member of the chorus has some musical background. Um, they, you know, maybe studied the violin as a kid, or they sang in their high school chorus, or they sang in the glee club in college, sure. or they sang in their church choir a long time, or, you know, they played trumpet in another community group or something, something like that. Something that uh, gives them sort of those basic musical skills. Uh, so the, you know, the audition... I would say is not terribly rigorous. Some of the singers would probably disagree with that. Right. right. <laughs> but um, 
I, I need to hear, uh, you know, if the voice, the instrument is something that we can work with. Uh, and if they have just that, that basic hook, um, can they match pitch? Uh, is the uh, some sense of rhythm? Those, those very basic things. And if those things are in place, I'm relatively certain then in the course of rehearsals that, that those skills will develop and they'll develop really fast. Um, ah, this particularly last year, you know, we started with, you know, basically movie music at Phil the Park. And by the end of the season, they're singing the pool and Gloria. Mm. So that was a huge amount of, uh, uh, musical territory for the chorus to cover right. in, in one season and uh, their skills by the end of the season were dramatically better than they were at the beginning of the season in, in every way. And I have no doubt that this season, uh, just with the repertoire that we have to cover, it'll, it'll be much the same. Yeah. Is it when you are sort of getting people from, from that point A to, you know, performing on stage and, and all the way to doing that kind of territory of music, is it, is it just like repetitive teaching? How do, what's your teaching method look like? Well, the chorus has homework. Um, we They know before every rehearsal what is going to be covered. Um, we do have these handy-dandy learning links um, that are made for them. These are basically MIDI files that play their parts both alone and in context with the other parts. So they, they do have a way of, of learning this on their own. A lot of members of the chorus also have pretty good piano skills, so they're able to sit down and plunk it out. Some of the members even have dynamite sight reading skills and are able to read. But, uh, you know, there is a lot of truth in the the chorus can only be good, as good as the weakest link right. in, in the group. So um, we do try to <laughs> impress upon them the importance of, of studying the scores in advance. And the more prepared the chorus is on Tuesday night, the further we can get. Uh, no one's interested in just surviving a concert, right? Oh my gosh, we made it. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing collapsed. You, you want, you, the only way the audience is going to have that amazing experience musically at a concert is if the chorus is having an amazing experience. And the only way the chorus is going to have an amazing experience is to know the music forward and backward and and have some musical ideas mm -hmm. you know how like to, to have a real grounding in the interpretation to understand the style and and that takes a long time so yeah we're we're able to cover a lot of territory but we can only cover that territory if the the chorus is working really hard yeah and and i you know watching uh the chorus is amazing um because not only do you hear the hard work that they have put into it and that you have put into it, but to the point where they're so prepared that now you experience the good time they're having, you know what I mean? Like you see it, you yeah. see they're, they're having both. They're doing both. Yeah. I, um, I hope that you'll uh, be able to take this piece of the podcast and share it with the chorus. That there are good times uh, <laughs> because in the course of, in the course of preparing a big piece, there can be, really tense moments in the, in the course of a rehearsal. Um, and I am not what anybody would describe as a patient person. I, I, you know, I, I come prepared for rehearsal every week and my expectation is that we're going to achieve great things. And when we don't, I mean, I'm not a Bobby Knight. I'm not throwing folding chairs at people or anything. <laughs> I mean, just short of it, but right. it's, but you know, the um, music is 
music is an incredible thing, right? I mean, it's, I, I can't even, just thinking about what I want to say right now, I can't really put it into words. Uh, and, and I want everybody to have that experience. But one can't have that experience unless one has sort of put in the groundwork. Uh, and we're, we're getting there with the, with the chorus. Lots of great things are happening. I know we'll be able to see the chorus for the first time really on display uh, at Phil the Park, which is exciting. Um, that's coming up on October 7th. And that has become, Phil the Park in general has just become the mob scene unbelievable yeah, like it's moment great. if you see pictures of it from above it's just packed thousands and thousands and thousands of people right the the fill the park concert is really fun for the chorus and for the orchestra of course uh, because the the musical variety is so enormous um, you know the orchestra might play Tchaikovsky and the we're actually going to sing some Verdi on this concert and then there will be an arrangement of an Adele pop song or something. Right. You know, last year um, the we did uh, some stuff from The Lion King, which was completely outrageous. So, um, and you know, part of the the, the fun of the Philharmonic Chorus for me is that it's all music that I don't do at the cathedral. Obviously, I'm not going to do stuff from The Lion King at the cathedral. Or Adele, probably. Or Adele, yeah. <laughs> right. But it's, you know, it's uh, it's, it's all stuff that that uh, is is good for me to, to experience and, and to to prepare the chorus for. So, um, yeah, the, the Phil the Park, the whole experience, you know, is, is incredible with the food trucks and everybody picnicking on the lawn. And, the, the uh, you know, last year there was a special beer just for Phil the Park and all that. It's, it's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's become a whole community thing. I mean, and not just the community. I feel like people, people from uh, wide and far, are, are coming. You know, like to to be a part of this and and to sort of say, "Wow, this is this is what you guys are producing here. This is unbelievable. It's high, high caliber." Yeah, and you know, of course, it's outdoors, which adds a whole another layer of production. I remember last year getting the chorus on stage at a rehearsal and then walking out onto the lawn to just hear the balances between the orchestra and the chorus. Who are these people? Mm. <laughs> like, where did this come from? It's, right. it's amazing. Here yeah. it is. It's actually happening. No, it's, it's uh fill the park is pretty great. Is it a lot different uh, in the preparation if you're singing outside versus inside? And Oh yeah. There's absolutely no acoustical help from, from anything. Right. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Just go out, stand on your lawn and, that's like that's the acoustical environment that you're you're having at Phil right, Park, right? Uh, and I mean, basically, you're bouncing off maybe a tree or two, but that's about it. <laughs> right? <there>. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Um, so that's going to be amazing. And of course, um, you know, the 15th season uh, anniversary season has already kicked off, and there's so many great, so many great concerts on the list, including I'm so looking forward to Handel's Messiah, which is going to be in December at uh, Calvary Baptist Temple. What is that going to be like? That should be great. Um, you know, we did sort of a, a smaller version of Messiah last year, so this will be a little beefier than than last season. Um, and the the soloists we have on deck are all first rate singers. It's gonna the, the soloists will will bring down the house, and so will the, the chorus. Uh, everyone thinks they know Messiah, but no one knows Messiah. It's it's one of those great pieces in the Western canon. And uh, sure, you might 
you know, you might know the tune for the Hallelujah Chorus, but, you know, do you really know all of those runs in Four Unto Us? <laughs> do you really know the the rhythms in For His Yoke? Uh, there, there are so many treacherous little moments in Messiah, but it's also a great piece just to raise the chorus's skill level. You have to really move in and commit to that music uh, for it to be a convincing product. Uh, so many people do Messiah as a sing-along and right. you know, that's fun, but you know, you probably miss 30% of the details when you're just out there hollering away. And uh, this won't be like a sing-along. It'll, it'll be really well prepared. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to be amazing. How, how long do you, rehearse for that when does when does the preparation for that start how long does that take something like that of that caliber well we used to prepare for concerts one at a time and we would spend all of the weeks running up to a concert you know preparing just that program and then okay that's done now we're ready to start the next program we're not going to function like that anymore the whole season is in the hopper at any given moment so we'll actually start on Parts of Messiah in August Oh wow! while we're preparing the Fill the Park repertoire. Some of the Fill the Park repertoire then is Verdi, and that's actually not until May. Right. So, um, and, you know, some of the music that's on the, the uh, Lord Nelson Mass concert, we'll begin preparing also in August using as warm-up material. So that... Uh, all of these skills, all of these musical ideas that are incorporated into each one of these particular pieces will inform the rest of the season. Um, I, th I think it's going to be a much more fluid and uh, uh, linear approach to learning the rep rather than kind of these siloed uh, musical styles. I think, uh, too, that's so interesting. You were talking about, you know, how we might know pieces of that. You know, you might have heard it in church or you might have heard it they hear someone perform it and i think the those details that you're talking about like we do miss those and as a, as a listener of this fantastic music and and just like someone who sits and, and kind of soaks it all in that's the part i enjoy the most is like when i know something a little bit i know the tune of something and then all of a sudden all the details just come rushing forward from the performers and it's like whoa i had no idea that was there and so vibrant and alive yeah you know i think that what what uh, people know you know for instance in the hallelujah chorus is the dun, dee, dee, dun, right mm -hmm. but there's so much other detail in that one chorus really cool parts from the tenors and you know um, that you know those things are really important um you don't go to a concert just so you can hear what you think you already know done exactly the way you think you already know it. I right. Mean, why spend the ticket money? Exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the, the idea is to, to constantly be bringing um, for the audience something fresh, but also for the chorus. The chorus needs to, um, you know, it's easy to become a static musician, I think. Um, if, if you think you already know something, um, if that's a good indication that you should probably go back and look a little deeper. Right. How many people are in the chorus? What's the it's big right now? Uh, we just finished auditions. So, uh, it's over 80, it's 84, 86, something like that right now. And what is it? How does that break down into, I mean, remembering my choir days, you know, back in the day and 
basses and tenors. Is that is that how you break it out? Yeah, you know, of course, it's just soprano, alto, tenor, bass, and then each one of those sections is divided in half for first seconds. Uh, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't exactly know how many are in each section these days, but uh, the auditions have been good, and we have picked up a lot more tenors and basses, which is what we we really needed. So the both uh, in terms of numbers and just sheer power, the sections will be much more balanced this season than they were last. Are you looking forward to a particular concert on the list this season? What's your... You know, it's a really good lineup this year. Yeah. Um, I can't really say that I'm looking forward to one more than any of the others. It's all the repertoire is different and it's all, it's all good stuff. You know, there, there isn't, there isn't a single program this year where you're going to have to spend a lot of marketing money because, Oh, you know, nobody's ever heard of this. And, uh, every, every it's all famous music. Yes. And, uh, it's all stuff that, that people want to hear. So, no, I, I don't think there is a particular one that I'm really looking forward to more than any of the others. It's just all, it's all good stuff. I'm looking at the list and just realizing how, how, many, uh, how many players are involved and, and you guys come together and, and there's so many people involved. I mean, you're talking about over, you know, 80 people in the chorus, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, working with, with Kay as the conductor. I'm thinking about, you know, any of the guest conductors and the soloist and the people that come in, it all somehow fits together when it's time. How is that like with doing all the pieces and then bringing it all together? How does that work? Yeah, there are, there are a lot of people involved. The staff of the Philharmonic has an enormous task in front of them. Luckily it's not my task, but <laughs> the other members of the staff, um, you know, we have to contract all those musicians. We have to use simple things like uh, flights, for guest musicians and who's going to pick them up at the airport and getting them to their hotels and all of that, that crazy stuff that has to be done. But somehow it all magically happens at that very first rehearsal and everybody's in the room together. You know, when it's, when the Sharon claps her hands and tells us it's time to go, it's, it's business for the next two and a half hours. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that's a credit to the staff who's able to pull all those pieces together um, Sharon does a lot of that work. Sunisha does a lot of that work. Just getting all the right people in the right place at the right time. Um, and, you know, I'm really just one of those people that they're, they're calling together, right, you know, right. oh, Paul, you, you need to be at this thing and here's the time. And, you know, and by the way, you need to get the choir warmed up and do all those things. So, um, no, they, the, the staff doing all the behind the scenes work that, you, that no one has a clue about. That's, that's the heroic stuff. Yeah, it really is. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. What, what ends up happening when everybody sort of just comes together and, and sort of puts it out on the table. It, it is just amazing being a part of the Savannah community. This has become something that I think that, uh, the chorus has a lot to do with, you know, I, I watched, uh, I, I watched the members of the chorus come out at the end of the concert, the last concert that we saw. And, the joy on their face to have done what they just did. I mean, I mean, it was palpable. I just loved sitting there and watching it and their family members, you know, giving them flowers and taking pictures and it, they were so joyous. And I think to be able to have that as a part of our community and see that kind of joy uh, and just pride is, is just such a wonderful thing. And I think that's only growing to be 
even bigger through the Philharmonic and, and through the through the chorus. Yeah, you, that concert that you're talking about, um, we had just sung the Pull and Gloria, which is a monster of a piece. Uh, when we first started rehearsing it, um, I remember the emails coming in from <laughs> various singers really asking, can we actually do this? And my response was, well, we're going to. Right. I, you know, this isn't a question. Um, they put in an unbelievable amount of work. And I think, as we were talking earlier, that's that's where the joy comes. That's where the accomplishment comes. You've actually achieved something. It's not just it's not just sing along Messiah. Oh, that was fun. No, you've you've put in months and months and months of work. You know the details. You've talked about tuning. You've talked about vowel shape. You've you know um, the rhythms are clean. We've fixed a thousand different things. That's that's where the sense of accomplishment comes from. You know, if I uh, if I get up now and go refill my glass, there's no sense of accomplishment in that. Now, had I made this glass, right? That would that's where the accomplishment would be, and that's what the chorus I think is experiencing. Um, they've they've done something really, uh, particularly the, the pulling from from absolute zero to to uh, quite a fine concert, and I, I think they'll have that. I hope they'll have that same experience this year with the. The program that's lined up. I think it's a great a great season that's lined up in in general. It it the as the season has expanded now, Savannah can experience you know the the Philharmonic basically every month. There's something going on, and that's that's pretty phenomenal. That that's growing as well. Yeah, the offerings are growing. Um, you know, when you look at the well, the offerings in the entire organization are expanding, and that's great. the The more music of a high caliber happening in Savannah. The, the better for everyone. Um, and, you know, that's part of the reason I was interested in conducting the chorus, even though I guess I have my hands full at the cathedral, right. is that good music in Savannah is good for everyone. Um, but the I'm trying in the schedule with the chorus to make sure all of their efforts are dedicated to these special moments that we've been talking about, that we're not spreading the group so thin you know, to sing for a Christmas party here and, mm-hmm. to, you know, do a run out concert there and do all these little things that detract from those special moments that really need our, our focus. Um, so, you know, these four big programs for the chorus this year, this is, this is a great structure for us at this point for the, the chorus to, to concentrate on those. So you said we can also see you at the cathedral. Um, what what's that schedule look like for you? How how does that go? Rome never sleeps, right? Mm-hmm. So the the um, situation at the cathedral is just going and going and going and going. And of course now it's a cathedral basilica, and um, uh, you know people people come to a cathedral, particularly on a Sunday, expecting things to be at a particular level, and um, we're always working toward that. The the cathedral choir is uh, they rehearse every Wednesday for two hours and they sing the ten o'clock mass and then the choral scholars who are the the professional section leaders from the cathedral choir stick around and sing the eleven thirty mass and then of course you know they're all in the life of a cathedral there are all these other special events that the choirs have to sing for plus you know the cathedral has its own concert series right. uh, so yeah we're we're just um, I was just the other day. I was thinking about how much music 
uh, I have to know this year, you know, uh, in terms of playing the organ, uh, conducting these choirs. Um, it's, it's a little scary, mm -hmm. but it's also really exciting. Right. I mean, here I am. I mean, I, I get to do the thing I wanted to do in college. I just get to make music all the time and with great people. Um, you know, the, the cathedral choir, the, the philharmonic choirs, lots and lots of great people around and, uh, they're, they're weird, right? right? They're, they're, I mean, it's Savannah. There's like, everybody's, everybody's really interesting. Yes. Everybody has a personality. There's not one dreary, you know, lifeless person in the whole gang. In, in, everybody is interesting. And, uh, you don't have a boring day. No, no. And when you open the email, you never know whether to duck or, you know, right. uh, or cover. But it's, um, it's, 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 it's fascinating. Musically, personally, no, it's a, it's a great position to be in. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I know it's going to be fantastic. And I know everybody is going to be uh, so happy to be able to, to join you and, and see all of the hard work that you're putting into into every single concert. And I think it's going to be great. Of course, people can follow along at savannahphilharmonic.org as well. Um, so before we go, uh, all this music that you have in your life, all that you have to learn and play and teach and all of the, all of the things, what, what music moves you? What, what is the music that makes you happy and feel emotion? And Yeah. You know, it's, it's all over the place for me. Um, you know, like the, for me, the, like one of the greatest pieces in the entire canon is the Ravel string quartet. Isn't that crazy? Um, and I, so my kids, of course, are musicians. And um, I mean, they, they've been, they've been hearing music since they were in the womb. The best music for me is the stuff that I get to share with my kids. They, uh, both my, my oldest son and my daughter, uh, also play in the cathedral brass, oh, wow. which is fun. So I mean, get to make music with them. Um, but you know, we're in the car listening to whatever Sydney has discovered and put on her playlist, you know, or, um, we've had, we have these fun nights where we sit in front of the giant TV in the kids playroom and we get on YouTube and listen to famous conductors conduct Tchaikovsky or whatever. And, um, you know, just to get the kids reaction to this music, they maybe didn't know. Right. Or these conductors, you know, some of this stuff's in black and white, you know, Furt Fangler is conducting right. Tchaikovsky right. or something. And that's, that's the stuff. The, um, yeah, the repertoire is, is important to me and this sort of cerebral analysis of what's going on. But the, the, the music where you get to have a connection with other people, whether it's your kids or this season, um, to do, uh, like at the cathedral, for example, we're doing a, a piece by David Briggs, who's a living composer, a British guy. Um, he's coming to Savannah and we're doing that with the choral scholars. And, you know, so here we'll be doing music that almost nobody knows with my friends and my friend who happens to be the composer playing the organ that I'll be conducting. That's that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody gets to do That's stuff right. like that. And with the Philharmonic, the the concert that we're doing in March uh, with the Lord Nelson Mass in the second half, the whole first half is uh, female composers. Wow. And one of the things we're doing is um, a whole set of pieces by Jessica French. And Jessica French happens to be a living composer. Um, she lives in Seattle. And when I was at the Cathedral in Seattle, 
she was one of my singers. Oh, wow. So now she's all the rage. Everybody's commissioning Jessica French to, to write everything under the, under the sun. And, uh, Jessica will be here in Savannah and I will be working with my friends and my friend, the composer and doing this music that nobody knows. Yeah. So that's, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is, is doing this music that's going to have a connection with people and, uh, whether that's in their hearing of it or more hopefully in their doing of it. Yeah. That's the music that, that gets me, gets me going. Yeah. You really are Batman. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> SavannahPhilharmonic.org if you want to follow along. Paul, thank you so much. This is going to be uh, a great season of a podcast to connect with community and, and kind of give them a look into what's going on with the Savannah Philharmonic and the chorus and just all of the great things. And uh, it's going to be a great season for you guys as well. I'm excited. Great. Thanks for this. This has been fun. Welcome to your open invitation to enjoy music with your friends and neighbors. This is the Soundtrack of Savannah. You can also show support by sponsoring a season concert or our Fill the Neighborhood series or annual Fill the Park event in Forsyth Park. You can even sponsor one of our talented musicians or host them in your home during the season. For more information on sponsorship levels and a full list of concerts and community events, please visit us at savannahphilharmonic.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to the Sav Phil podcast you're listening to right now so you can be in the know, behind the scenes, and center stage at your Savannah Philharmonic. <laughs>